Today, we continue our series on building long-term teams, specifically the importance of learning to live like family. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church and the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors. And I'm Tyler Dravitz, the executive pastor of Ridgeline Church and the president of MyXP, a ministry where we provide a remote executive pastor support, bookkeeping, stuff like that for churches around the country. And we are uh, doing a series right now on building long-term teams. Uh, we are talking about uh, how we've gone about keeping the same people around us for an extended season of time. Uh, this will actually be our fourth conversation on this topic. Uh, we've talked about slaying your dragons, love like it's your job, and wade into the mess. So if you missed any of those, they're pretty foundational to the rest of this. So I would encourage you to go back. But today we're going to talk about learning to live like family. Before we do that, though, have oh, I ever gosh. told you I really like the intro music that you came up with? Uh-huh. It sounds like the old-timey, like... You're about to get like a news bulletin or something like that. And that's right. I just did that. Um, but I'm going to like, cut that like, out of this and I'm going to make that the new intro music. <laughs> like, but it's like a modern version of that. Every time you're like doing the intro, yeah. I always want to like. You want to hear it in real time? I, yeah, I want to hear it in real time or like say it along with you. But I know this isn't what it sounds like, but in my head it's more like bow chicka wow wow. But that's not that's not right. No, so, I don't. Bow chicka wow wow. I, just I know. Don't want any I understand part of, that's just like what I. I never want that music playing when you and I are sitting in the same space. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. That's a good That's a good thing. Anyway, I just, you you created it or yeah. something on GarageBand it, yeah. and I think it's great. Well, thank you. You're welcome. For that oddly timed comment <laughs> <laughs> or compliment. You're welcome. Uh, no, I do appreciate it. Uh, so we're going to talk about learning to live like family, which for us, uh, I think this one is has been uniquely important to us. Not everybody has the same situation that we do, but sure. we uh, moved to Salt Lake City, having never been here before. So we uh, are what's called a parachute plant uh, in that we didn't have, um, it wasn't a place that we'd already lived, that we had sure. a bunch of existing relationship. We, When Tam and I got here first, we literally did not know a single person. Well, and I think, like, define for people what that means, like, hadn't been here before. Because I think it's... I. I think before having done it, yeah. I didn't understand the parachute plan. Yeah. I assume that meant like you hadn't lived there before, but did a lot of like scouting trips and things like that. Like define precisely what that means for people. Yeah, I, I will define, well, I'll define what it meant for us. Yeah. And I would clarify that it's, I wouldn't recommend it. Oh, okay. To sure. many people, other people as well. But so we had, uh, I was in the middle of um, trying to make a determination about what I was going to do. Uh, at the church that I'd been serving at, mm -hmm. uh, that both of us had been serving at, whether yeah. I was going to stay on uh, and try to push forward or whether I was going to resign. What was best for our family? Sure. What was best for the church? And uh, I had had a friend in the midst of that that I had said I was considering planting again, and he had said, well, you got to plant in Salt Lake City. And I didn't know anything about Salt Lake City. Mm -hmm. I'd never... I think I had flown through the airport one time as a kid, okay. made a connecting flight. I didn't know anything about it other than what most people think of when they think of Utah, which is Mormonism, because yeah. that's the dominant yeah. faith of our uh, city. And uh, so I, at first I was like, 
you know, super rejected the idea, but the more he talked about it, there was something that was intriguing about it. Sure. Literally the day after that conversation is when uh, it became clear that it was time for me to resign where I was. And so I called you that night and said, can you get me and Tam two tickets to Salt Lake City tomorrow? Yep. (laughs) Which you did, Uh because you're awesome. And the next afternoon, Tammy and I were here in Salt Lake. We spent three days here. Yep. Uh, uh, About a month after that, maybe, maybe a little bit less, you and I came. Two weeks. Two weeks later, you and I came and we spent... Less than 24 hours. Was it really less than 24 hours? Mm -hmm. This was not a good idea. (laughs) And then uh, based on those two visits, we did decide, like, we're going to go for it. (laughs) That's where we're going to go plant a new church. Uh, And then Tammy and I came back uh, a few weeks after that and just looked at apartments for, like, two days. And then so I resigned in July of 2018, Mm -hmm. uh, end end of July, and by the first week in October... We were here. Yeah. So we've been here three years now. So we so we did not know a single person. No. Nope. I had never read a book about Mormonism. I didn't know anything about so I just didn't we didn't know anything. So we we were like sure. it was so I say all that to say we were like we like hyper parachuted in, not knowing totally. anything, and, and I wouldn't recommend that. For the rest of the team, most everyone else didn't even come visit. Nope. They just, I mean, as a matter of fact, one of the couples in our church bought a house sight unseen because you I went saw and saw it for them. They were going so fast, they had lost one or two that they thought they wanted, right? right because right. they wanted to be able to fly into town and see it. Right. And so then another one came on the market. You got like a panicked yep. text message. You had to see it. And then they just bought the house. Yeah. I walked so. her around on FaceTime. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was pretty. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was yeah. stressful. So, so crazy. <clears throat> it is crazy. Yeah. So we had uh, initially there were nine adults that mm-hmm. moved here. Yep. Um, three of which uh, decided to transition uh, to other opportunities after yeah. about six months. Yep. Um, and so there were was that what does that leave us with? Six of us that were mm-hmm. still here, something like that. Um, and seven, seven. and yeah. we were all we had. Yep. None of us knew anyone. And so I would say the first four or five months, every time we would get together for dinner or whatever, everyone cried almost yeah. literally. Uh, it was very, very difficult transition for everyone. Yeah. And then after a while, Denise and Nolan Mewborn moved from North Carolina mm-hmm. with us. And then literally, uh, as of yesterday yep. in recording this, we have another family that just moved here from Chicago that was a part of our church at Redemption. Yep. Um, and so uh, what's happened is we've had this small group of people mm-hmm. who have either, two, one of two things has happened. Some have all moved here just because of relationship with us and a desire to be a part of Ridgeline. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there have been a handful of people who were here in Salt Lake that we met that joined Ridgeline that got better opportunities to go elsewhere, and yep. they chose not to. Promotions, to, all yeah, kinds of stuff. But yep. to stay here because they wanted to be a part of what God's doing at Ridgeline. Absolutely. And so the, what, but what makes all of those situations similar is that no one has any family or mm-hmm. any other connection other than like this little group of us totally. that have been committed to this sure. thing. And so at times that has been really hard to not have like like actual biological family around. There's a lot missing like when it comes to raising your kids, mm-hmm. when it comes to holidays, sure. when it comes to um, celebrating high points in life or yeah. enduring the low points of life, going yep. through COVID. 
you know, right. without having blood relatives. Yeah. All of that is really, really challenging. And so we have had to, and I understand that not everyone's situation is going to be the same, but I think what would be different if you're in a city where you do have family around is really just the degree to which this should be true. Yeah. Like we've had to almost literally function as family. Totally. Um, but I would say regardless, if you're going to build a long-term team, it's going to be super necessary for you to live like family with your team. So yeah. as we talked about this yesterday, yep. um, you had the idea of kind of framing these as family traits, mm -hmm. which we're going to do, which I think is you're excited about because for people that don't know, the way that these these conversations come to be is one of us comes up with an idea, yep. and then we sit down and usually I ask questions about the idea, yep. and you go on and on in like incoherent babble that's filled with listen, basically incoherent babble that is just laced with wisdom that then I see it was a compliment and an insult, which it, is my spiritual gift. How, I think we have and to look then, up incoherent to know if that's even possible. And but then okay. I interpret it yeah. into something that is coherent, and yeah. then we have like a really helpful conversation around Exactly. It. Usually I go on and on, and then you go, oh, and you say it in three words. <laughs> <laughs> what took you a half hour? Well, even yesterday I was like, uh, I took so long to say <laughs> that same thing. So yes, I'm not known for the words. Yes. <laughs> that was a perfect way <laughs> for you to capture that sentiment. But before that, before we get into these four family uh -huh. traits that we we try to to really work toward Which here, most listeners probably think is the best framing we've had, but probably yeah, yeah, that you yeah. came up with credit uh -huh. where it's yeah. due. But one thing that uh, that we talked about yesterday that I do think is important to clarify is that that some people are going to hear even this idea of treating certain people on your team like family. Yeah. The implication is that there are other people in your church that are not receiving that same degree of preference right. or relationship. Yep. And I think some might have this check where they hear James in the back of their mind yeah. talking about fa showing favoritism. Yep. And I think what's really important to keep in mind there is. Um, that James is specifically talking about showing favoritism to people who have money yeah. over people who are poor um, because they have money. Yep. And so this is could not be further from that. Yeah, letting people buy themselves a seat at the table. Exactly. Yeah. And so, but one thing that we would argue is that we are talking about showing really unapologetic preference to this group of people who are going to be your quote unquote family Absolutely. as a part of your team. And we really do that. Like we have much deeper degree of relationship. We invest a lot more time with a specific group of people at our church because they're a part of this team that is no better in God's eyes, obviously, sure. but as far as making our church function and making our lives healthy, it's just different. They are our family. Well, and it's honoring the sacrifice. I mean, mm -hmm. we could go through each good. person yep. and the level of sacrifice that was made. And 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 I think it's also important to know that like that sacrifice is not always like ongoing forever. It doesn't put you as the pastor or the planter in some sort of like eternal debt to people. Yeah. Because I think in almost all of these situations, like God has also honored that sacrifice yeah. and blessed people beyond, you know, what they were previously. I think uh, without moving here, without being a part of Ridgeline, my XP wouldn't exist at all. Yeah. And God has done some amazing things with that. We have people with right. much better jobs than they've ever had um, because of when we moved to the area and the housing market, people standing, to, some of those people who, like the couple that bought their yeah. house sight unseen stand to make a great deal of money if they ever yeah. sell their house, all of yeah. those kind of things. And yeah. so it's not, 
not a matter of like this this constant like and I think that that's important because sometimes people make a show of sacrifice and it just you just feel that burden of like wearing that forever right uh, and the truth is like that was a like a singular decision mm-hmm. that was made and absolutely should be honored with some of the things we're yeah. talking about now and so I think that's why it's appropriate yeah um, to honor that sacrifice but also not putting yourself in this like indebted place really where good. it's where it's an eternal like yeah you're just always like kind of uh behind in the relationship yeah. always trying to like catch up to right. that sacrifice that was made yeah i think there's a big difference i think that's a super super good point and it was really articulate so was it? well done yeah not incoherent babble. i mean it was longer than it needed to be but it cool. was very very good and as a side note yeah i mean you call out that i have never put stuff in my hair for oh yeah you did do your hair today i did it does it looks good uh still working I, we're on still something. yeah i still yeah. i'm still not sure what you're working on but well thanks for getting all dolled take, up for it us takes, today. It takes a little while yeah uh but i do think there's a really even just in the the language that is being used like there's a difference in i think when people make a big sacrifice i think this is really specific to lead pastors and planters when people make a big sacrifice to be a part of the thing that your god's called you to start yep they are first and foremost making that commitment it's between them and god Absolutely. and that's an important thing to keep in mind yep and because of that you are not um indebted to these people yep. what i would say still is that you are responsible mm-hmm. to a degree for them, and yeah. I think that it should be honored. But I think that the motive between the two and what you're talking about is really important. It's a huge difference to feel responsible for this group of people and, mm-hmm. and as a result, learn to live like family sure. than it is to feel like this guilt and obligation because you're indebted to these people. I just think motive-wise, one leads to bitterness, the other one leads to loving out of joy. Absolutely. So I think that's a really good point. Yep. So let's talk about these uh, these four family traits and okay. and just a little bit practically about how we do that here. The first one is uh, any family is going to celebrate specific holidays together. Yep. Obviously, and so we are not all together necessarily on every single holiday. No. So one thing that we've been talking a lot about is the importance of um, providing clear expectations for people around like if we are going to have holidays that we celebrate together, yeah. which ones are they going to be? Sure. For us, uh, the, the big ones have been Thanksgiving. I think we might have talked about that a couple weeks ago. Yep. So we do Thanksgiving, but we don't really do Christmas. Right. Because for whatever reason, a lot of our team does go to see family, like yeah. biological family for that. But for we sure. celebrate Thanksgiving together. Yep. Um, we've done the 4th of July together. Uh, this, this 2020 was almost our last 4th of July together because oh. you and... Matt Bourne almost killed us all with your fireworks show. You know show. what? Just as a side note, I've thought more about that. Now, one... Are we going to throw Matt it, under the bus? Because no, he's not listening no, to this. No, no, no. So, first of all, it will certainly be done again. Don't you worry. And it'll be done It'll just be time. you and Matt, though. Right. Well, I'm pretty sure your <laughs> wife will not be attending... <laughs> Because um, she had to like, she had to like. She literally use grabbed a baby and ran as the shield, <laughs> a human for shield. That's true. Um, but it is just mind blowing that like every parking lot in Utah sells Explosives. bombs. Yes, <laughs> that can do real damage oh, to yeah. people. Yeah. I mean, if you imagine one of those getting you, yeah, that's probably the end. Yeah, it's not good. And they just like. Yeah. And so it, it's just, I mean, I don't even think I had to show an ID. <laughs> I yeah, just which is scary. You just go and, and you know. You have to show an ID to buy a beer, but not to buy an explosive. like, carny type. Uh-huh. And, uh, 
you know, I think I know like most of the ones that we visited, I think they're like living in that tent. Uh, I know as a matter of fact, it's a pretty sketchy industry. It is. Well, I went to one and I like the guy had his like sleeping bag on the ground and like I (laughs) woke him up. I I thought it was, I thought it was did not wake him up. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was like rustling and he like got up (laughs) out of his sleeping bag. Yes. Oh my God. Oh yeah, for sure. So I just think, uh, like, it's the whole thing's just really yeah. interesting. So maybe don't celebrate the Fourth of July together, or don't use explosives. Well, we're gonna do both. Okay. Um, but I just want to throw it out there. Yeah, it, it's one of those anomalies. Yeah. You know, but yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I think uh, having those certain because I, I would say I think you can speak to this probably in a unique manner because in addition to not having family here, you also are single as we've established. And I'm not even gonna <laughs> it, make a joke about been it. It's so long since we know, brought it up. But know, for those gonna, listening, <clears throat> I am still so single. Single. So single. I like to always say so single. I know, I know. <laughs> as if there that. are degrees of singleness. <laughs> but um, I, single. I think regardless, I think as so I think especially if you have who I was talking to somebody else about this, um, that I think uh, especially until Obviously, you are married or have someone, and I think uh-huh. even even once you're married, until you have kids, yeah. I think the holidays are just very lonely to spend alone, even totally. as a married couple. Sure, I think once you have your own, like we've got three kids, and you know, yeah. if we have a Christmas alone or whatever, like we're gonna have a good time. It's sure. gonna be fine because there's too many of us in our town home already. Yeah, um, but I think it's, it's especially important. Um, when people are away from that family yeah. is such an important part of, even if you have dysfunctional family, which mm. is what most of us have, Yeah, there's still something about the dysfunction of being together. That is what holidays are yeah. that we're used to. And so it can just be a very isolating, lonely time to just be like, yeah, we're just not going to do holidays together. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, um, even if you have your own things or whatever, I think like you also have the option to figure out like, you know, I mean, people come up with Friendsgiving that is celebrated Mm -hmm. on a different day or things like that. I do think as a single person, I do think the holiday day itself would be really helpful. Um, However, if not, then figuring, I mean, there have been some times when, uh, and it hasn't worked out that way, but times when even, um, uh, like you've like left for different holidays. Mm-hmm. And so we've talked about, or we're going to leave and we've talked about mm-hmm. celebrating on different days and all that. Mm-hmm. It hasn't had to happen that way, but I think just getting your mind fixed. And I think, I think that's the importance of setting those expectations yeah. because I think if I know that I'm going to celebrate X holiday on this day or that day or something like right. that, then that's what I can look forward to. And I can come up with my own and, you know, and even as a single person, I think coming up with your own, traditions your own thing you know or like you know a married couple without kids whatever like how can you uh do your best to like make it something that you look forward to whether it be with a special breakfast or you know different things like that uh all that said though i think having something to look forward to and people to be around and i'm not even uh i'm i'm an introvert Mm -hmm. i'm not like in those types of that type of setting Mm -hmm. is like my least favorite number of people to be together like the 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 size of the group that we have for something like thanksgiving i just don't love that kind of small group size yeah um because it's hard to get lost in it. And it's yeah. also not small enough to have like meaningful, right. you know, like conversations with a person. Yeah. Um, but it's still just nice to have a place to be. Totally. And nice to have something to look forward to and traditions established and all of yeah. that for sure. Yeah. So I think at the most basic level, that's a really important place to start 
is just if you're going to have if you're going to live like family, you got to celebrate specific holidays together. Uh, a second family trait is uh, to share family responsibility. Okay. Um, this is one that has been really, really massive for us. Um, not having grandparents around. Yeah. Not having like biological aunts and uncles around to help yep. as we've as our kids have gotten older and the raising of our kids and childcare and we've just never really had long term ongoing family support like that. Yeah. And I think one of the things that Tammy and I are the most thankful for is the way that you and the rest of our family here sure. has come around us and has really helped to do that. So there's been more Fridays than not through COVID where you've taken our kids yeah. uh, and let taken that and let, kept them for the night and feed them food they love and watch movies and play video games. And sure. they think it's amazing. It's given Tam and I a break together through that. Um, and... I mean, pretty much everyone on our team has helped with our kids sure. in, in various ways. And I think that's one in particular. I mean, I think the holiday thing is a part of that as well. But I think the kid thing in particular, to really be able to lean in and to have help, you know, that old adage, it takes a village, is mm -hmm. true. Yeah. And to try to do it alone is really, really rough. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think that uh, I like how we worded this, the the family responsibility thing, because it's not like... Uh, I think what happens, like when you behave like friends, you're like willing to mm -hmm. help out. You know, I think I think friends are willing. So if you ask me, hey, do you mind watching my kids? Like, I think as long as I don't have something else planned, it's willing. I think the responsibility piece is paying attention to the needs of those around you, the needs of those in your life, and and offering. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just so much easier. Or or sometimes even ins insisting. You know, hey, you guys really need to get out or get mm -hmm. away or have an mm -hmm. overnight at a hotel or something like that just yeah. to make sure. Cause I think especially through this season, you can get caught in the, like, I mean, I can't keep track of what month it is, let alone day <laughs> or how long it's been since something happened or yeah. anything like that. And so working hard to just pay attention to how those around you are doing those yeah. in your kind of family circle are doing and, you know, and just making sure that they're well loved, whether it be, you know, providing them with a little extra help to go out to dinner or mm -hmm. watching their kids or things like things that you, um, you know, as, uh, as people do have like families and live, you know, to understand what are some of the things that they have the luxury of and how do you help provide that for people mm -hmm. without making them be the ones who have to like beg you to yeah. make it happen. Yeah. And I think, I think even, a, even just stepping aside from the specifics around kids, yeah. I think, you know, one thing in what you're saying that is really good is about the, the paying attention and the checking yep. in. I think yep. that's one thing in a healthy family that is happening that mm -hmm. you're observing, like how, like I think about that with my own kids, yeah. I'm trying to pay attention to how are my kids doing? Yeah. And, and so I think we should be paying attention to how does it seem like we're doing? And, sure. and, and if there's ever a question or doubt, I think it's really important to just ask. And yep. I think especially in this, I don't even know what to call this year anymore. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm like tired of calling it a season because yeah. I feel like it's past <laughs> that. We've gone through four actual seasons <laughs> right. in the middle this of this one. This one's still here. So, yeah. so um, <clears throat> but I think just check in on yeah. each other, I think is really important. And I yep. would say on the, on the checking in thing. And I, again, I, I think most people who are listening to this are probably pastors and ministry leaders. Yeah. Um, but I would say regardless of who's listening, I think one thing that has, that is a, that maybe we need to do a whole episode on or talk more about and continue to emphasize is the need to, when you're hurting 
or you're struggling, yeah. you need to like raise your hand and say so. Yep. Because what I what we've heard some of in our own church yeah. uh, and seen some of, and what I think is one of the primary things that's going to crush pastors through this mm. season is the expectation that pastors are to be psychic yep. and to know when you're having a hard time. That's when a whole thing, I think. It is a whole thing. <laughs> it's one of the most unfair expectations. So you, you can say, like, every church should have a system to check in on every single person in the yep. church. Cool. Well, and then you get accused of it being too mechanical. Yeah, yeah, yep. we've had that yep. too. Yep. So you can't win. But yep. uh, so I just think everyone needs to take some level. Of, I think we we should take responsibility to check in on one another. Sure. And if we're having a hard time, like raise your hand and right. say so. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think especially in that family scenario, what's different is not being actual family. It's unlikely you all live together in the same household. And yeah. so inevitably you're going to notice someone being down mm-hmm. or something like that, especially in this time of isolation. Um, you may not get those like nuanced things. Mm-hmm. And like, I've just had like specific days where like today I'm just in like the worst funk. Right. And it's not even like, I like, like, as a matter of fact, I don't even really need a check in on that. And right. so that's where I think, especially right now, like knowing like this has lasted a little bit longer and I need to say something mm-hmm. versus like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm just not happy to be alive today. <laughs> that doesn't mean we've got to yeah. call anyone. It yeah. doesn't mean I need to be on a 24 hour watch. It just right. means like today is today. Not, I'm ready for Jesus. to That's come right. Back. That's yeah. right. The whole like, you know. For me to live as Christ and die as gain, I've been thinking about the dying gain part <laughs> more than the living Christ part. Yeah, uh, and that that's gonna happen. Yeah, um, and I think that that's why it is so important that you like know mm-hmm. or can at least like have a conversation where it's just like I can't shake this, and and we've had some of those sure. as well. And sometimes it's just helpful to say it, yep. and then it goes away. Yeah, so no, that's yep. good. So share family responsibility. Yep. Uh, thirdly, and we'll, we'll be brief on this one, but we thought it was worth noting. Yeah. Um, and this is another thing on celebration, but, but recognize and celebrate birthdays Mm -hmm. where it's wanted. Yeah. Uh, I think is really important. You got like two kinds of people. I think there's two ways that you could screw this one up. Yep. One is, uh, don't recognize someone's birthday when birthdays are a really big deal to them. Yeah. The other end of it is to do like a big to do for someone that's like not super into that. With sure. birthdays, yep. Um, so I think this requires a little bit of work to know <laughs> what what a person wants. Yeah. But but I think um, I think some amount of recognition, and I'm thinking about this in real time because literally yesterday was my mom's birthday. Mm-hmm. So I both crushed it and failed this year. Mm. Um, I sent her a card um, about a week and a half early, which in the history of my being her child has never happened. Yeah. So I got major points for that. She said she read the card 20 times. She was so excited. And then I texted her yesterday, happy birthday, mom. Love you so much. Call later. And then I woke up at 1am this morning in a panic, realizing I had forgotten to call. Yes. Was that who you were talking to? That's who I was talking to when I walked in. (laughs) You're not usually talking to people (laughs) first thing in the morning. So, so, uh, I mean, sadly, she's come to expect that because we're none of us are great with birthdays in yeah. our family. Yeah. But um, but that I mean, all all joking aside, that can be super hurtful to people. Yeah. And I also think again because so so none of you are good for birthdays in your family. You just said, and you learned that through years and years and years of like birthday celebrations. Some of these families are not years and years and years in the making. I mean, in our case, they are yeah. at varying levels of yep. this and that. 
Um, but even even the family part of it hasn't always existed with everyone. Yeah. Um, and you're always introducing, you know, you've even mentioned the commonality is really uh, like you. Yeah. And then other relationships get formed through that. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's awesome. And can we all just be grown up enough yeah. to like say like, here's what I really appreciate yeah. or here's what I enjoy or you know what? I would rather just like do it with a couple people yeah. or I would rather just. And by and large, we don't really do like birthday parties no. as a group. What we do, I think one caveat would be we do try to be more intentional about like gifts and that kind of thing sure. for one another's kids. Yes, absolutely. And because it matters to the, to the kids, yeah. you know, I think, I think, uh, the, you know, especially if you're interacting with all of these people, you're not actually related to, so they're not aunt and uncle and that kind yep. of thing. Um, you know, but they still have a role in your kids' lives. I mean, kids might feel like, well, you would give me yeah. something too, because you're always at my house. Yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so I just think that it's important to like, communicate those expectations all the way around. And I just think that sometimes people get in the mindset of, well, you know, if, uh, if someone really cared, they would. Mm -hmm. The problem is you're like putting it the way you prefer things mm -hmm. on someone else's mm -hmm. life. Like you said, that psychic yeah. idea. Yeah. And it's just not helpful. And so I think just being willing, like caring enough about the relationship. Yeah. It's for sure awkward to be like for my birthday, this is, you know, mm -hmm. like you're not coming to my party, mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, and just being willing to say, like, here's what I really... Uh, so I think a great example, we have transitioned to um, celebrating pretty much all of Thanksgiving Day together over the last yeah. couple of years. But I remember, uh, so I have, like... Uh, the Thanksgiving holiday for me was very... Uh, it was the last time I got to spend with... Um, <clears throat> my older sister right. um, before, she before she got sick. Right. So I, I, I had gone there a few times to help take care of her. Yeah. But, you know, m my siblings have all discussed she was just on so many pain meds and all of that. Yeah, that, that was she, the last time she was, like, yes, well the, and yeah, fully Yeah, exactly, because she had just been re-diagnosed re mm -hmm. and everything was optimistic and all of that kind of stuff. And so we had a really good time together yeah. as a family. And so as a result, that day is a little, like, difficult for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that... Uh, you know, a few years ago, like I would come over, you know, we've, we've done holidays together for mm -hmm. a long time yeah. and I would come over at like four or something uh -huh. for dinner. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, like the year or two after that, it was pretty dark, uh, uh morning, you yeah. know, and just, and by the time I had gotten there, I was in a real, real interesting funk. And yeah. I remember even discussing I remember the, fir that. the first year, I think the first year after yeah. you coming to Thanksgiving and you were in a real funk and I hadn't like, because we hadn't talked about sure. it. Yeah. So I hadn't, I hadn't even I had, realized. It, yeah. I don't think. No one had done the math on yeah. what's happening. Sure. It was just like happy, happy, fun time. But you were in a real funk. Oh man. And it was a real. It was like it was crappy. Right. <laughs> it was uncomfortable. Yep. And you were clearly really upset. But that was a super helpful, like to actually talk about that sure. and to learn that and then be able to reform totally. the holiday to be able to love and serve you better For on a sure. hard day. And all Solved it boiled it. down to was like, it would be nice to spend more of the day together. Yeah. You know? 
and we have, and that's yep. really like, it doesn't make it like less difficult, but I have like other things to look forward to mm -hmm. and other traditions to make versus just like viewing my Facebook memories and remembering that one day, you right. know what I mean? And so totally. I think that, but if I hadn't been able to like understand that and we hadn't been able to talk about it, I would have just been like, you know, crotchety every Thanksgiving from here on out. And you <laughs> would have just felt like, well, I for sure don't want to see him on Thanksgiving. Tyler hates Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But I, I think that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Was it, it wasn't fair. Like somewhere, you know, so if you really cared, would you have known that? Well, you knew that I went there for Thanksgiving mm -hmm. and this and that. Like, but that's just like so unfair mm -hmm. of an expectation, a place on a relationship. Because truthfully, like I said, I hadn't really thought it through myself mm -hmm. uh, until it was like in the moment. And uh, yeah, so anyway, I think I the thing think I was consumed with that day was just we were the ones hosting it. Oh, for sure. My yeah. wife I mean, your wife has always done like a, you know, 16 course like yeah. ordeal. And so no one was thinking about my feelings. Yeah. You know, I mean, duh. Yeah. Um, and so you got to think about your own feelings sometimes yeah. and then talk about them. and then draw others into. Yeah, them. yeah. absolutely. No, I think that's a really good point. Yep. All right. So these first three that we've talked about yep. have kind of been um, like looking at the way the leadership dynamic works yep. are a little bit more on like our end as the leaders caring for and loving and serving our family team. Uh, this last one is about um, the reciprocal nature of that relationship, mm -hmm. that it's not just one sided, yeah. just we do, do, do. Um, number four is everyone needs to do their part. Yep. Because one thing that you mentioned uh, earlier on that uh, is true of all of these people is the sacrifice is significantly different yep. and more than what the average person who calls Ridgeline home is. Yeah. I, I can genuinely say I'm thankful for every person in our church. I'm thankful for the person who shows up one time a month yeah. and sure. is there and like says hello and we have a laugh and they leave and I'll yeah. see you in a month. Yep. I'm thankful for that person. Yeah, I wish they were more committed for sure yep. and more connected more than anything. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but it's a journey for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thankful for that person and you can't you can't build a church with people who show up once a month nope. and don't serve, don't give, don't contribute, just consume. Yep. So love them, thankful for them, and you can't build a church with that just that kind of person. No. These are people who um, are who serve. Some of these people have, like, I mean, literally, like, we've got a couple of these people have served every single Sunday through COVID, yeah. even when we're live streaming. Yep. Um, and it really, most every Sunday through planting. Yep. And yeah. for us, literally moved here, left jobs, left families, left yep. homes to be here in this city to help plant this church, or chose not to leave, to go back to family, to go totally. back to jobs, to go back to homes, to be here. So that's just a, they are, they give faithfully, yeah. financially to support the church. Like these are people who, if you were to, if we were going to elevate people in our church and say, like, we don't practice formal membership here. Yep. Um, but if we had some, some like example of like, this is what we would like yeah. it to look like for everyone to participate fully. These are the people we would elevate. Sure. Absolutely. And I think, I think, um, you know, those are the people that, um, arrive a little bit early mm -hmm. and stay until the work is done. Yep. That they don't, that there's just, uh, you know, I think about these people and it's rare if ever that they have a posture or attitude that it's someone else's job. Yeah. And it's not just that they're willing to um, only do their own thing. So for example, we don't really have someone who just like loves and breathes all things production elements, sound, all of that kind of stuff. No. And so as we were getting back together, uh, there we have 
like I have to like work in that area. We have a DD, um, you know, she was one of the people who moved here to be a part of it and Mm -hmm. she helps out in that area. And we both love to hate it or hate to love it. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what we do, but we do it. And, uh, even as we were coming back together, I knew like we needed to pull everything off the trailer because throughout, uh, COVID as we needed things for the live stream, we, we, treated our like mobile church trailer as like the junk drawer for what we need to grab to make something work. It looked like it had been through an earthquake. Right. Exactly. And I had even said just out loud, like, Oh man, I'm going to need to go through everything on the trailer. And with here come the tears. Oh geez. Well, no, I mean, just without no, it's a huge deal, man. I know she was like, well, do we need to plan on a Saturday where we can come and do that? And like, and so we did. And she even had plans uh, to like go for an overnight with her friend mm-hmm. um, and still came and mm-hmm. was with me for or was with us for several hours. Her husband came as well um, and he was with me basically until the end. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't have to do that alone because mm-hmm. there's not that attitude of like it's someone else's job. It's yeah. like the attitude that it's ours. Yeah. You know, these are the people who you don't get the response from that they, you know, they just need, uh, they need several months off serving, you know, I I, like quite frankly, being the person who runs teams and and serving and all of that kind of stuff. I understand like a week or maybe two, but that season where you don't serve, um, I don't, I don't understand. So maybe you have a real good reason for that, but these are the people who know that season doesn't exist Yeah. because the truth is Sunday's coming one in every set. You know, I've joked sometimes and all things can like not to derail on this Mm. point, but the amount of of work and investment it is to serve, like what we're talking about primarily is like serving on Sunday, not yeah. like work here in the ministry center no. seven days a week. We're no. talking about like show up to help with setup and go, yeah. like you're done by 1230. We have to be because we have to be out of our building. Right. So the most we're talking about, the absolute max is five hours because that's all we're allowed, right. 730 to 1230. Yeah. And I get in some, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know if I can think clearly about it. I mean, we have literally been, mo- I've, I've been in the mobile <laughs> setting since... 2000, mm-hmm. um, exclusively with the exception of 18 months off, yeah. um, which wasn't exactly a picnic. Yeah. Um, so I don't even, I, yeah, I just don't really have a cat, but yeah, but people are just like, I just, you know what? We just, we can't serve in it. Like we only ask people to serve like once a month right? even. And sure. so these are people that just don't do that. Right. Yeah. And I think that like, like, like we were talking about, like they recognize it. They're the people who recognize that like it, like you don't have to have the conversation with that like it does take finances in mm-hmm. order to accomplish what God's called us to, mm-hmm. but they just give yep. because they know that that's part of what they've signed up for. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they like, and, and again, what you're doing in this sort of reciprocal relationship is it's honoring all of those kind of things. It's not payment back. It's mm-hmm. not an obligation or anything like that, but it's just recognizing like we're in this together, mm-hmm. similar to the way that a family would do, sure. you know, like at, growing up in my house, we had like, we all had chores. We mm-hmm. all had different things. I was like living room and garbage. My sister was laundry and dishes, uh, you know, all of those different things in the, Summer, I had to mow the lawns. We all split that out. Mm -hmm. And the thing that, like, as much as I didn't want to do that, the bell my parents would ring all the time is we're a family, and in a family, everyone does their part. Yep. And and as a child, I might have whined about it. But you just understand, like, it's not someone else's job to do the thing that we've all been called to to make it happen. And ideally, your entire church develops that attitude. But the truth is, with a lot of people in your church, they're going to they're going to serve 
to the level that like they're willing, like when it fits into their schedule, when mm-hmm. it, you know, we, we use planning center services and people can block off dates and some people block off every date except the one they want to serve. And again, these are the people that like block off when they're out of town and that's it. And right. they just recognize like, I don't know, I'm happy to help out as much as I can, as often as I can. Um, and I'll let you know, like when I just need, a break and a break being a week or mm-hmm. two. Yeah. Uh, something like Ideally, that. Ideally, so. like what, what we have to do with this group of people is we have to pay attention to totally. to to break them. Right. Because exactly. they I mean give them a break, not like <laughs> break them. Yeah, I gotcha. Give them a break so that we don't break them because mm-hmm. they they tend to be really willing to like whatever it takes. Right. For and sure. I think that's great. Totally. And so and I do think it's important on one it it's just a matter of perspective. I mm-hmm. think it's important for those who are on like paid staff to have the attitude of like, man, I want to make sure to honor and recognize these people's service and sacrifice and the people who are doing it are doing it for the Lord mm-hmm. and recognizing even if I do it every week, it's a few hours a week. Right. It's a few, you know, I mean, if we look at our time as far as a tithe, yeah. I think that we've got extra to give even if we're serving every week. Right. right. Um, and so I just, uh, I just think that Again, these are these aren't the people that you're all you know. Sometimes it's just so difficult. You just feel like you are constantly recasting the vision and 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 asking people to get on board and and trying to convince them to stay and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And these are the, just the people you never have to worry about. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So just to bring this all to a close, I think one point you made when we were talking yesterday mm-hmm. was the importance of always being, you know, so we, we had this initial group of people who moved here. Yeah. And then we've had uh, two other couples yep. after we'd already launched that also moved here. Yep. And and then through this, we've had, uh, you know, couples that have or individuals who have chosen to stay. Yep. And and so one of the points I think that's really important in this is that you're always willing to let the family grow. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that it's not just like if it's you and one other family that started the church. It's just... Right. The two of you forever. Like you've sure. got to be willing for that to expand. Well, yeah, and, you can't blame other people who didn't know you. Right, yeah. <laughs> so I just think keeping your eyes open for yeah. people who are doing what we're talking about, people yeah. who do serve and give and have sacrificed and are worthy of, and I, yeah, I mean, I, worthy, I think, is the right word, yeah. that, have, that have shown themselves that, they on, that this honor of being a part of this family, which it is, I feel that. Like, yeah. to have what we have... I feel honored to to have that because I believe that there's a depth of relationship that we experience that I know for a fact a lot of people don't. Yep. And 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 the people that are a part of our team and a part of our family have very much earned that the right to be shown that honor. And so yep. I think keeping your eyes open for those people that are making those big sacrifices, serving and giving faithfully and uh, and being willing to incorporate that, them into that family. Yep. I love it. All right, so we got, I think, one more week in yeah. this series, and then I have no idea what we're going to talk about. So we'll come up with something. You'll yeah. you'll battle on about something, oh, and man. I'll wrap it up into something that makes sense, and it'll be great. Right. Good. Yep. Well, if you want to uh, stay connected to me online, you can find me on Instagram at, at Ryan Hughley. Hughley is H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. And at Tyler Dravitz. Uh, Dravitz is D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. You didn't spell your first name that time. Well, you criticized it, and I don't know. I teased you. I didn't criticize you. Mm, 
We gotta look up these words. <laughs> I'm gonna just walk around with a dictionary. <laughs> well, thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you have a second, one thing that would be super helpful to us is if that you would uh, leave us a review, mm-hmm. um, specifically on uh, Apple Podcast. It's a great way to help more people be able to find out about the podcast. Uh, but until next week, thanks for listening. Bye bye.